We don't fucking step off on the, th- we don't go where we're not supposed to go. We don't put our fucking hands in the thermal features. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast, Micro Bruin Edition. I'm, oh, I should probably say who I am. Uh, I'm Solomon and I'm joined by Pam today. How are you doing, Pam? Yes, I am good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I don't know how we always fuck up the most, like... The easiest part? It's the, the intro is like the most, e- like the easiest thing and we always fuck it up. It's not complicated Me enough included. to hold my interest. That's what it is. I'm just too smart. Oh, <laughs> now I know how you feel. All right. It's true. Uh, we don't have Charlotte today. We don't, sadly. But we will have her next week. I think. <laughs> no promises. Just wait and see. I'm t- I'm done making promises on this show because I never fulfill them. <laughs> like, we're releasing this on Friday because I spent all Monday night in the ER, like, getting a CAT scan to make sure I didn't have a fucking brain bleed. I think that's a fair excuse, though. Well, yeah, and then, like, I wasn't really supposed to be looking at screens much, like, to help. Yeah, so. Which is hard when your job is, like computers on computers yeah well thankfully i took i took the that day off but i have these blue light glasses that i can that i'm wearing at work all day they're super nerdy especially with my shaved head (laughs) okay so you think they're nerdy but i have a like a style a set of glasses that's like that frame style that same well then those are nerdy too you know what (laughs) just because you also have them doesn't mean they're not nerdy (laughs) Well, they're all looking pretty on me, okay? Oh, fair. Okay, fair. Okay, let's get right into this microbrewing. A new thing that I want to introduce on microbrewings that I haven't talked to you about. I'm just doing it. Ooh. In well, thanks. Pure Pam yeah, heads up. style. Uh, I want to <laughs> talk about some good stuff on the microbrewings, like some good wildlife news. Oh, nice. Because... To kind of contrast, because uh, sometimes a lot of news is shitty. A lot of news is shitty, and a lot of news that... I provide on the show is shitty. (laughs) So yeah, so there's a a couple things that have happened actually just in the last like week or so that are huge, huge, huge for wildlife that I want to talk about. I think I know what one of them is. I think you do too. Okay, I'm excited. Tell me. Uh, Do you want to tell it then? I think it's something about trapping or banning certain types of trapping. I don't even want to say equipment because it's like medieval torture devices. It's horrible. Is that what one of them is? Oh, um... You're kind of blending two of them together. Oh, am I really? So, yeah, that's okay, though. So one of them, uh, if you remember back to our Coyotes at Bat episode. Oh, yes. uh, We discussed. Sorry. Just got really excited. I just figured out what it is. Go ahead. Yeah. So we discussed those cyanide bombs, those M44s. And this is like good and bad news or good and not as good news. So the BLM has banned the use of those cyanide bombs on all 245 million acres of their land for at least the next five years. It's. I feel like it should be permanent because that sounds, I mean, I feel like doesn't the Geneva Convention prohibit the use of, wouldn't that be considered like chemical warfare? How, how can we use chemical warfare against like 
animals, you know? Yeah, but remember, animals don't count. Right. I mean, they do for us, but... A, a couple things, though. Apparently, less than 1% of the M44s from that shady-ass wildlife services are used on BLM land. Ew. So, but but wildlife services is not the only one that can use them. Um, apparently, individuals can if they get, like, a special permit. And there are also some state agencies that use them. So, it, you know, it's a little depressing hearing... Oh, only 1%, but that's not hopefully progress or like a trend in the right direction if we could get others to follow. Yeah, and it uh, and then I also just found out it's totally banned in Idaho, 100%. Oh. Like a, that's a state thing. I know, I was like, what? That's weird. But there have been people that have been severely injured by them. And one guy in 2017 got injured really bad in Idaho. And so I think that's kind of what kicked it off but uh yeah so um i want to shout out blm because they are listening to science and people they're actually listening to people oh my god i thought you're gonna say listening to our podcast i was like oh my god hi blm uh and also so the center for biological diversity which we've talked about before um trap free montana they actually sent us a dm um, because apparently 70 different organizations did this petition to the BLM. And um, Trap Free Montana just wanted to clarify with me that one of the biggest ones was Predator Defense, and they should get a shitload of credit for this as well. So I just want to call that out also. For sure. Um, next piece of good news is wolf trapping in Montana. Uh, the season used to be November 27th to March 15th, and a federal judge has shortened that trapping season in the majority of Montana to now January 1st to February 15th. Oh, thank God. That's a big reduction. It's like a quarter of what it was. And the main the main reason why that, that happened is because there's a lot of proof that grizzly bears are getting injured in these traps. And... You know, a lot of bears don't go to den until maybe mid to late December, and they come out as early as early March. So all over Montana, they have been finding bears with like missing paws oh. or missing toes or whatever. So uh, under the Endangered Species Act, the that that's how this has happened. Can people just stop? You say that every time, but just please stop killing animals and trapping animals. It's super gross. If anybody and... makes like a drinking game for us, uh -huh. one of the definite ones is when we say, can people just stop or can people just not? Like that's just definitely drink. <laughs> I'm going to play that game when I start drinking again in a week and a half. <laughs> I'll play that with you. <laughs> yeah. So that's our good wildlife news. So there, good things are happening. I like that a lot. Okay. So the main thing that I did want to talk about today, though, is um, what happens in an actual, or what you should do in an actual bear encounter. So in Microbrewing 6, Wet Dog Smell, we talked about how to recreate safely in bear country. And uh, that is designed to help prevent conflicts. Um, and then in our episode last week, we talked about... Uh, actual bear attacks, statistics, told some stories, things like that. So 
what I want to get into now is what what happens if you do see a bear in the wild, if you do run into a bear on a trail, um, if it makes contact, if it doesn't. Uh, a couple of things right off the bat. Um, I am not any kind of certified survivalist or anything like that. Uh, this is very, very nuanced for species as well as particular mm-hmm. situations. So this is kind of, I'm, I'm generalizing a lot here. It's not going to seem like I'm generalizing a lot, but I actually am because we know so much more about bear behavior now. And there's a lot of things that we can do. Even if you do come face to face with a bear, there's a lot of stuff we can do, um, you know, that we didn't really think about before. Um, so this is not designed necessarily, you know, I'm not guaranteeing anybody's safety. I'm not guaranteeing any of this to work. Um, but these are the recommendations from a lot of experts. Uh, if you want a deep dive, um, you can check out that Stephen Herrero book. This is like the, this is another one people should drink on because I talk about it all the time, but the (laughs) bear attacks their causes and avoidance. Um, or you can email or DM us. I'm happy always to give bear advice. Like literally always. If I if I could just have like a call-in show, if this was like a call-in radio show where people just ask for, <laughs> just like ask shit about bears, that would, I'd just be happy. Bears call in, <laughs> ask about people. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, this is very, very nuanced, but these are kind of general guidelines. So, and, and I should also say this is specific to North America. Brown bears, grizzly bears, black bears. So if you're hiking or just doing whatever and you see a bear and it does not see you, especially if you're downwind of the bear, you just want to slowly back up and leave the area and keep an eye on the bear. Downwind means the bear can't smell you so much, Yeah, so the wind is blowing in your face. Okay. I don't know. I always like confuse that in my head. Okay. That makes sense. I do too, actually, quite a lot. But that way your smell is not being blown into the bear, basically. Okay. Yeah. And even if you're upwind, like if the bear still doesn't see you or look at you, do the same thing. Just slowly back up, leave the area, make sure you know what the bear is doing. Um, if you see a bear and it does see you, this is where it's very much an if-then situation and super, super dependent on the circumstances. So are you in a group? Uh, do you have kids or pets? How far away is it? Is it a grizzly bear? Is it a black bear? Where are you? Um, does it have cubs? Is there a carcass around? Like all of these things weigh in to what to do next. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about about that. So if it's far away and it kind of just, if it stands up on its hind legs, it's not, that's not an aggressive posture. It's just trying to figure out who you are, what you are. So that's a curious posture. Um, sometimes you'll see them kind of sniff the air, trying to pick up your scent. So if it's far away and it just kind of looks over and then looks away, that's amazing. Stay quiet, leave the area. If it seems curious, um, it's staring at you, it's on its hind legs, it's close enough to maybe hear you, you just want to speak calmly and I don't want to say quietly, but not in an aggressive way. Uh, And you want to do this while you're backing away. And one of the most important things you can do in a bear encounter is not look it in the eyes. 
So there are a lot of bear attack victims who say, you know, the bear was calming down, it was backing away, whatever, and then I made eye contact and it and it came after me. So no eye contact. So look um look like at its neck or its shoulder, right? That way you can mm-hmm. see what the rest of the body's doing, but you're not looking it in the eyes. So I would say shoulders probably a safe bet. Um so calmly and quietly like hey bear, it's just me. I'm just a human. I'm going to walk this way now, right? Anything like that where we're kind of letting it know what we are and we're just backing away quietly. So is the theory that like it'll hear us speak and kind of be like, oh, that's a human, not my like preferred meal and not like a huge threat. So I'm just going to Yep. That's what we want in that situation, because at that point, it's not quite sure what to make of us yet. And it hasn't quite made a decision. So we don't want to start being super aggressive. Right. And make it feel like it has to defend itself if it already hasn't come to that conclusion itself. So letting it know we're human, we're going to walk away if it starts to come towards you. And so just to reiterate, what I'm talking about now is for black bears and brown bears. So If they're different, I will mention that as we go. So people used to say like, oh, if it's a black bear, you want to fight back. If it's a grizzly bear, play dead. Um, That's not necessarily the case, right? That's isn't mostly based off of rhyming. (laughs) No, I think I think they made the rhyme. The most intelligent plans aren't made off of rhyming. Yeah, but you couldn't like brown lay down rhymes and black attack. So like what if it was the other way around? I feel like they would have just been like oh well this way rhymes so this is what we're doing i don't know it just it seems to be mostly based on rhyming and less based on science if it's brown boxing rounds if it's black take a nap oh that's why you were so focused <laughs> you're just like <laughs> kind of staring off i was like what's going on yeah that would be the antithesis the antonym oh my gosh that one will that one's complicated but i like it it's creative. Okay. But yeah, it can't be just... Yeah. So that, that's not necessarily true, right? Yeah. You, and you don't really want to just go by those two those two things. If you're out recreating in, in bear country, please prepare yourself with this knowledge so you know what's going to happen beforehand. And like, mm-hmm. don't necessarily always think worst case scenario, but be prepared for a worst case scenario. Think, what would I do if this happened? That yeah. way you don't like you don't have to think what would I do as a bear is charging you, right? You've already pre-made that decision. So anyway, so um, if the bear slowly starts to come towards you, you want to stand really tall, wave your arms. Uh, if you have trekking poles, raise those up. We want to look like something the bear does not want to mess with. So if it starts to come towards you slowly, like it's curious, get your bear spray ready. Take, I mean, once as mm-hmm. soon as you see a bear, that spray should be in your hand with the safety off. Anyway, make sure it's totally ready. Um, Again, stand tall, wave your arms. If you're in a group, everybody get together. This is where you do want to shout. Maybe, again, we're not going to be like running at its face and screaming at it, but you definitely want to be a lot firmer in this case. And just to let it know, hey, you don't want to fuck with us. So that's a curious bear, right? If you have, if a if it's a black bear and it charges you, you want to deploy your bear spray when it's about 30 feet away. So that's pretty close when it's, I mean, they can, they can 
cover that in one second. That's so terrifying. I've been trying to like not be terrified. You're going to be pissing yourself. Is that as you spray your bear spray? (laughs) Will they just be like, ew? Well, here's the thing. You have sometimes people worry, oh, you'll get it in your eyes. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if I get it in my eyes, if it gets a bear to not attack me. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But what you want to do is you want to spray it almost like towards, if a bear is running at you, probably about their chest level, which is going to be like your middle torso area. And that's going to make a cloud that is high enough that if they kind of jumped up, they wouldn't be able to jump over it and low enough that they can't duck under it and and i would kind of spray it almost like a fire extinguisher but not as wide that way if they you know juke at the last second or whatever they're still going to go through that cloud um if the bear if the black bear makes contact you need to start fighting back with everything you can so spray it right in the eyes spray it in the nose and mouth um poke it with your fingers with your trekking poles with a stick um bash it on the head with a rock um you can if it's a boy you can a hundred percent grab their balls and twist them one guy got a grizzly sow to leave him alone by literally giving her a titty twister holy shit yeah, there's no rules here, right? It's it's survival at that point with a black bear. Yeah. Again, with a black bear. Okay. It is survival at that point and don't stop. We want that bear to know that we are not an easy meal because if a black bear is getting if a black bear is charging and physically attacking you again, it's most likely predatory and it's doing it to kill you. So, definitely fight back with that black bear. All right, let's talk about grizzlies because this gets a little more nuanced. So the same thing applies at first. If they charge, you want to stand still and dis- deploy your bear spray. Again, when the bear's about 30 feet away, you don't have to deploy the whole thing at once. Um, if you spray a little and they go away, great. Then you have the rest if they come back or whatever. But you want to make sure to spray it so it's a cloud, right? And this is true for both both species, but you want them to basically run into this cloud of bear spray. And there are some studies on, you know, if bear spray or guns are more effective. Fact of the matter is, in the majority of cases where bear spray is deployed, there are no injuries. However, in the majority of the cases where a firearm is deployed, there are still injuries. So it's in it's an inverse percentage there. I guess my point is bear spray is going to be your best bet regardless. Mm-hmm. Now with grizzly bears or brown bears, again, I use those interchangeably, it could quite possibly be what's called a bluff charge, which I think is a stupid name because it's still a charge, right? The charge isn't the bluff. It's, it's a bluff attack. Pretty much. And this is where they will be charging you and they'll veer off at the very last second. And with a grizzly bear, if the if you deploy your bear spray or if you can't get your bear spray out or whatever, you want to stay standing still as long as you can. Um, You don't just want to immediately, you know, you see a bear walking towards you. You don't just want to like curl up in the fetal position. Right. So you're going to want to 
hold your ground, stand your ground. And then if it does make contact, do you want to lay either on your stomach or in the fetal position? Uh, if you're in the fetal position, curl up super tight. We don't want those claws anywhere near your organs. And you're going to want to cover your neck with your hands clasped behind your neck. I'm showing you, but nobody can see this, right? Um, and if you have a pack on, pull that pack up over the back of your neck and lay very still and very quiet. Uh, again, with grizzlies, it is most likely just neutralizing the threat and making sure you are not a threat to this bear, its meal, its cubs, whatever the hell is going on. If the bear, okay, every second is going to feel like a lifetime in a bear encounter. If the bear does not stop after a few minutes, this is when you do need to start fighting back. So if this bear, if you have played dead, you're laying there, you know, a couple minutes goes by and it, it seems like it is not just kind of giving you a couple bites here and there, right? Or swiping at you. It's actually kind of starting to chew on you. This is when you need to start fighting back. So jab it in the eyes, punch the nose. Again, you can grab those testicles, titty twister. Um, if you still have bear spray, start spraying the shit out of that thing right in its eyes and nose. So you wouldn't spray it before if it's just I would spray a... it before, but okay. if I'm, yeah, if I'm on the ground, so we spray it when they're charging. And then if they make contact, you can absolutely spray it when they make contact. But for me personally, I know that bear just wants to make sure I'm not a threat. And especially if I don't have a hiking partner with me or I'm out of, you know, I'm almost out of bear spray or something like that. I don't want it to keep attacking me to neutralize me as a threat. A lot of experts would disagree with that i just want to put that out there right now so you know if you are playing dead if you are on the ground and the bear bites your leg and you can spray it go for it right at that point again no rules it's survival right but you don't really want to start being aggressively fighting back until it's pretty clear the bear's not leaving you alone because that can definitely cause it to just keep going until it knows you're not a threat that's kind of worst case scenario. Most of the time, once a bear neutralizes the threat, they will leave. So once it stops, you just want to lay there still and quiet for several minutes. Honestly, I would lay there. It's going to feel like a lifetime, but I would lay there for probably five to 10 minutes. I mean, it also depends on your injuries, right? Wait, you know, at least a few minutes if you can before even looking up to see if it went away. Because sometimes what they'll do is they'll walk a little bit and kind of keep an eye on you and make sure you're not going to get back up before they actually leave. So sometimes they will come back. So, you know, if you're not injured too bad and you can lay there for several minutes before you get up and make sure or look up and make sure, then that's what you're going to want to do. Um, and then, you know, hit your SOS on your inReach or whatever you need to do to get to medical care as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's so nuanced, right? Like everybody says, oh, this is what you should be doing, right? But you don't know how you're going to react in that situation. So when you're going out in bear country, I mean, while not always, while not always predictable or preventable, there's a lot of things we can do to minimize an encounter and to minimize an, an attack in an encounter, right? So take your precautions, stay alert, make noise, don't be a dumbass. 
run through in your head if we see a bear what are we going to do you know and talk about it with with your hiking partners or your or your camping buddies or whatever because if you can run through this stuff beforehand and have a set plan in your mind it's going to make it you know this could split second this could be life or death right right quite literally yeah. and if you're not all on the same page and someone's just freaks out and runs away and like freaks the bear out that could be really devastating for everybody Right. And you know what? Somebody uh, who knows, I might do that. Like I say I wouldn't. And I've ran through this scenario a million times in my head. And I do keep pretty calm in like crazy fucking situations. But I don't know how I would react until I get charged by a bear. Hopefully that never happens. Right. Knock on wood. Um but we can't say for sure. And and if somebody does run, mm-hmm. we, you know, or if somebody is it does, you know, tells a story of an attack they they unfortunately were a part of and someone ran or someone did something wrong, those people should not be like shamed or looked down on or anything because it's an absolutely terrifying situation. Absolutely. And and we don't know how we would react until we're put in that situation. You know, another thing too that I want to touch on just real fast is about climbing trees. Uh, some people say grizzly bears can't climb trees. Those people are very, very wrong. Grizzly bears can 100% climb trees. And even if they don't climb it all the way where you're intending to climb a tree, they are so much faster than you. There are so many of these attacks where someone tried to climb a tree and the bear caught up to them and like dragged them down by their leg because you can't run faster. You can't climb faster. So unless you're already partially up that tree before the bear even sees you, you're not going to get high enough. And even if you do, the bear can just come right up after you. Especially, I mean, black bears climb trees like freaking monkeys. So that's just a total non-starter. But grizzly bears can, will, and do climb trees. And guess what? They also knock trees over to get to things that are on the trees. So that's just something we don't even want to entertain. Um, that would be, there are some people who have done that and it has worked and they have survived, but that that should be a last resort, right? You have no bear spray. You have nowhere to go. Uh, you tried playing dead. The bear has come back, you know, something like that, where you are literally shit out of options and you think you can climb that tree faster. Um, but even then that there's no guarantee, right? There's no guarantee with any of this, but yeah, climbing trees to get away from bears is, is not a tactic that works yeah so again i know everyone's sick of hearing me plug this book but that bear attacks their causes and avoidance by stephen herrero that is like the freaking bible of bear attacks and it really digs into how to be a good you know user of the land and not have these things happen and on a completely unrelated note, Stephen Herrero, if you want to sponsor our podcast, you can email us. <laughs> <laughs> or just DM Pam. She'll, she'll be more than excited. Yeah, me. Uh, we're happy to take sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. So again, I just want to say this is not a guarantee of anybody's safety. And I am not a survival expert by any means. Mm. What's that saying? Plan for the worst, hope for the it best. Time, but it's okay. That's true for everything, though, right? Like in our in our like what to bring in your pack episode. Mm-hmm. Like plan for the worst, hope for the best. 
And be smart about where you're going and when and with whom and how many whoms. You know, just, yeah, be cautious. Yeah, so if you want to listen to kind of the suite of episodes about staying safe in the wilderness and bear country, you could start with episode nine, Macro Bruin. Um, We talk about what to bring in your pack and different items that can help keep you safe. And then next up, Micro Bruin 6, Wet Dog Smell, where we talk about how to prevent things like this from happening when you're out in the wilderness. (laughs) Uh, This episode, definitely. And then regular episode 13, Dangle the Carrot. So... Give those a listen. Let us know if you guys have any more tips or questions. Again, this this is a shit I love to nerd out on. I'm always more than happy to answer questions, help guide people in the right direction, whatever it takes. And when you finally come to Yellowstone, you will get my bear lectures as we're driving to the park. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you guys know where to reach us. Email us, bearsandbrewspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Facebook, Instagram, threads, Bears and Brews Podcast, X Bears Brews Pod. Thanks, Christian Mills, for our lovely music. Our new website's going to be coming out soon. And by soon, I mean in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> sooner than before. All right, everybody. Thanks. See ya. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>